Welcome to the Cosmos in You podcast, where we interview scientists, philosophers, and leading thinkers to discuss the nature of our reality and the impact it has on our daily lives. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, The Cosmos in You. This is your host, Susanna Scully. Thank you so much for being here. If it's your first time tuning in, this is a podcast where we explore the nature of our reality and how those findings apply to our daily lives. So I'm excited to have all of you here. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to our podcast, which will enable you to always be alerted when we get new episodes. There's so many great episodes this season. Uh, just thrilled about it. So be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoy the podcast, would love for you to rate and review it on iTunes as that really helps us spread the word about the podcast so we can reach more people and therefore get even more great guests. So thank you for that. Now, today we have such an interesting guest, um, just fascinating. We have Suzanne Giesman, who is a retired U.S. Navy commander. She served as com a commanding officer as a special assistant to the chief of naval, naval operations and as an aide to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff on 9-11. She, during 9-11, was one of the, she was on the last plane that was allowed in the airspace um, when that was happening. So she has a master's degree in national security affairs and has taught political science at the U.S. Naval Academy. But Suzanne is now the author of 11 books, an inspirational speaker, a metaphysical teacher, and an evidence-based medium. Her work addresses questions about the purpose of life, the nature of reality, and attuning to our higher consciousness. She's been recognized as highly credible by afterlife researcher Dr. Gary Schwartz and best-selling author Dr. Wayne Dyer. So as you could see, such a fascinating background uh, and what she's doing. So in this episode, we discuss her own journey of loss and tragedy and how it transformed her and the work that she was doing. The three things that our past loved ones wish that we knew. What we need to know to set ourselves up for a successful medium reading and the importance of emotions in our everyday lives and how to shift them. She is such a beautiful soul and it was such a joy to interview her. And um, I'm just really excited for all of you to take a listen. So without further ado, let's jump in. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Susanna. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, great. Well, what I thought we'd do is get started by telling us a bit about your background and your journey, which is so fascinating. Um, but if you could let our listeners know a bit about you. Okay, sure. Well, today I'm an author and an evidence-based medium, meaning I connect with those who've passed to the other side with verifiable facts, evidence about their lives that I couldn't possibly know. And so to a lot of people, a medium is what we call woo-woo, you know, kind of out there and, and uh, ready to float away. But I am actually quite grounded because for the first part of my life, I served a full career in the United States Navy. I retired after 20 years with the rank of commander. I was a commanding officer in the Navy. I served as a special assistant to the head of the Navy and then the 
the biggest honor was being the aide to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the number one officer leader of the United States military. So to go from that to my current work has been quite a transition, um, something that my husband didn't expect, I didn't expect, but uh, life has a way of surprising us. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what is that journey for how do you go from uh, where you were as, you know, a top person in the Navy to where you are now. Do you mind telling us about that journey? Not at all. Uh, The more I meet with people as a medium and sit with people who've had a loss, the more I learn that it's often a deep personal tragedy that propels us on a spiritual path. And that's exactly what happened for me. It started with 9-11 when I was in the last aircraft in U.S. airspace. And uh, returned back to the Pentagon that had just been hit. That was our office building and started to ask deep life questions, but quickly put them to the side because I guess I, I wasn't quite ready at that time to really learn why we're all here and why I'm here specifically. But uh, life caught up with me a few years later when my stepdaughter, my husband's daughter, Susan, who was a sergeant in the Marines, was struck and killed by lightning. Mm. And uh, I had always kind of run away from death, especially on 9-11. I just put in my retirement papers right away and said, hey, life's too short. Let's go live our dreams. And, yeah. and our dream was to sail off into the sunset on our boat, which is exactly what we did. But uh, we were over in the Mediterranean on the boat when we got the word about Susan. and We couldn't run away anymore. So since her passing in 2006, I've asked those life questions and gotten deeper and greater answers than I ever expected in a way that speaks to my left brain mind. Mm. And uh, there's, there's just so much here. What, when you found out that news and obviously you had to come back home, um, tell me about, you know, the journey of, I imagine the first year after was just Mm. shock and right. What's exactly the first week you're in a, Mm. in a fog for several weeks, you just can't think straight. And the thing is, Susanna, I had no religious upbringing. I Mm. had nothing spiritual or religious to fall back on at all. It was just at first this, Oh my God, how can she be gone? This is impossible. But the defining moment for me was the viewing when I saw her body, She was dressed in her Marine Corps dress blues in that coffin. And I looked and I said, I just knew that's not Susan. Mm. And I knew in that moment that all this talk I'd heard about, you just pick up by being human, that there is a spirit or a soul. I suddenly knew it had to be true because it was impossible that the part of Susan that made her so vibrant could could be gone. It wasn't just wishful thinking. It was a knowing. And I set my goal then and there to, to know, to find out if her spirit still existed and to contact it if it did. Wow. And I think I imagine our listeners have had similar experiences. Um, where, yeah. Right. Where you, you know, it's how do you reconcile that, that you see the person, right? Um, well, within, yeah. if I was there present several years later, two years later, when my father took his last breath mm-hmm. and the, the change within minutes can't be just attributed to to the heart stopping beating. It's a massive transformation in how the body looks without the spirit to animate it. Yeah. Oh, and so uh-huh. what, what transpired after that? 
Well, I was so determined to find out if she was there that something told me, you've heard about meditation, give it a try. So I I began meditating that very week that she passed. And I laughingly tell everybody it's true. The first three weeks, I fell asleep every single time, <laughs> every day. And I said, this is ridiculous. This is a waste of time. It's not doing anything. But slowly, I not only, of course, became more peaceful and able to handle difficult things, but I began to know things about people. I began to get a little psychic. And I'm thinking, no, where's that coming from? And then the second defining moment was when I dragged my husband, the retired Navy destroyer captain, to a medium. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find out once and for all if she's here. And the medium didn't know anything about us, didn't know our last name, nothing. And she made it so abundantly clear that Susan was right there in the room with us through things she couldn't have known. Wow. It, it, it left me dazed for days processing wow. You mean to tell me the spirit really is real? So I went on to write a book about mediumship, wrote a second book, and in the process discovered there is a process for connecting with the spirit world. I like that. My military mind says, you mean you can learn to do this? Mm. And and I discovered that I had a very clear connection with the other side as a result of the meditating. So uh, I have just dedicated my life every moment since then to increasing that connection, to making the clearest possible connection with any spirit on the other side and, and your efforts are rewarded. So that's, it's just beautiful. And so one thing you just said now is you said through meditation. So walk us through that. Um, Mm. What is, what is so important about meditation? Uh, Excellent question. And I'm going to tell you, it's a lot more than just learning to quiet your mind. In sitting in the silence, you block out physical stimuli. So you, you no longer are using your eyes. You're, you're, you've lessened distractions auditorially. So you're sitting in a little mm, sensory deprivation state. Mm. And in that state, when you're no longer focused on the physical world, suddenly you become aware that there is another level of awareness that goes way beyond the physical and Just by doing that, yes, by shutting out the physical world, you say, then who am I beyond the body? And when you start to ask these questions, who am I? What is my purpose? And start to hear answers that come from a level beyond anything we could come up with ourselves. Then you realize there are two aspects to me. There's the physical human side of me and there's the spirit and this comes in bits and pieces, or for some people, by grace, it comes in this moment of awakening. Either way, ultimately, you learn there are two sides to all of us right now, human and spirit. And just by shifting your awareness in meditation, amazing, amazing wisdom and insights can come through. And in in your experience of of, you know, deepening your meditation practice and connecting to the other side. I want to go back to one of the things you talked about was in at 9-11. I, I also was in New York um, mm-hmm. on 9-11 and also uh, left everything and moved to Italy um, to the beach. Uh, so we have a similar uh, reaction. I <laughs> yeah, right to the uh, around the Mediterranean. But um, what insights did you glean or have you gleaned Mm -hmm. from an experience? It doesn't have to be 9-11, but, you know, Mm -hmm. things such as that. What I've gleaned, Susanna, is that we have such a minuscule uh, 
restricted view down here from our one point perspective as a human. Yes, we can put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, but what if we rose above it all to the view of the soul, the view of those in the higher realms and see the big picture, how everything fits together and knowing that this life is not all there is. It's just one tiny bit of the enormity of of the limitless nature of being, then we start to see that everything does have a reason and a purpose and that what we view as a tragedy can actually lead to growth of the soul. So when I mourned those who passed on 9-11, I really should have been mourning for the families who didn't understand that their loved ones who had passed are actually still very much around them mm. and that we're all here to learn forgiveness, understanding, compassion, all of the essential aspects of the soul and to find peace when bad things, so-called bad things happen to people, understanding that those are all part of the life lessons we come here to earth school to learn. And a few questions come to mind. Do you believe in reincarnation that there are multiple lives? I do now after learning this from my group of guides who call themselves Sanaya. I didn't before. I didn't believe in a lot of things before. <laughs> and uh, from what they share with me daily, I truly do believe. I know that we we recycle this spirit, but it's not all or nothing. I need to really make that clear. We think the human being Mary dies, recycles, Mary is gone from heaven and is back on earth. It's not like that at all. It's aspects of the greater self recycle so that if you have a beloved who's on the other side, a medium could still tune into them, even if aspects of their soul are having another experience in another reality or here on earth. Mm, got it. And so, you know, coming back to when you said that this is, you know, earth school, have you learned that there are experiences that we choose prior to coming into this life? There's no doubt about that because it comes through in so many readings. So this person came to work on this issue and that's why they were always like this in their life. And people say, oh, they were always doing that. They always were like that. And so uh, some things are hard to believe in when you talk about past lives because we can't validate it. But those repeating patterns, things that we, we've always done our whole lives and we don't understand why they take on validity when you see them as life lessons. Hmm. And so those who are listening, who I imagine is, you know, I don't know anyone who hasn't lost some, a loved one. Um, hmm. What do you wish that those listening knew about losing oh, a loved one? No, number one, that the loved ones are so close and that we're connected through this bridge straight from the heart, all like cords, all of us, whatever love brought together can't be separated. And so anytime you think of your loved one, they draw near. And many times you think of them because they've already drawn near for a little visit, or perhaps they're hanging around more than you know. I do want to tell you, they give you your privacy. Mm -hmm. and, and uh But so often thoughts that pop into our head are not our own thoughts. They come from a loved one who's helping to guide us. 
over and over and over in, in almost every reading I give. They tell me things going on in their loved one's life now to show that they're still very much with us. Example, yesterday in a reading that I did, I said, well, you're uh, who was it? a son. Your son is showing me that you just ate popcorn. And she, her eyes got big and she says, how do you know that? I said, because he's watching you. She said, I just shoved a handful in my mouth right before the reading because I hadn't had lunch. Well, they, they know these things because they're still very much interacting in our lives. A reading is very interactive, very real time. And so what this tells us is talk to them because you may not be able to sense them, but they are very much here. So far from gone forever, they're actually still part of your lives. They tell, they show me what happened at the funeral. They show me what happened at parties, at graduations, because they don't want to miss those events at all. And they don't. Hmm. I once was, um, someone described to me that sort of, you know, that, you know, everything is energy. And so Mm -hmm. connecting with the other side is much, um, we have to really raise our vibrational level to, and they have to slow down their vibrational level. Exactly. Is that right? Can you tell me a bit about that? That's absolutely right. And so when I teach mediumship and teach my workshops, I always ask everybody, what is the highest vibration? And uh, some people shout it out. Others don't get it right away. But the answer is love. Mm. And so if you want to connect with the other side, be the presence of love. And we think, oh, I'm loving. But it goes way beyond that, Susanna. It's all about clearing out the gunk in us that keeps us mired in being human. Anytime I catch myself being judgmental, getting angry, feeling any of those human things, knowing I'm very human, I say, whoa, this is going to keep me from being having the highest possible vibration. So I'm constantly working on raising my own vibration just by being the light. Mm. So if I can can just radiate love at all times, it makes it very easy to just like just snap my fingers, you know, to just shift my focus to the spirit world and they don't have to come down quite so far to meet me. Right. You know, I think I once read and I, I wish I remembered where this is, but it, it was all of the emotions sort of ranked by vibration. Um, oh. and, you know, and so love, as you said, was the, yeah. the top was number mm-hmm. one and the lowest vibration. And again, I don't remember it, but, um, I don't know what it was, but, um, and all sort of in between. And, and one of the mm-hmm. things it talked about was sometimes it's hard to, to jump from the bottom to the top. And so you sort of cycle up her emotions. So for example, mm-hmm. um, rage can, you could cycle up to anger or I remember that. Does too. that? Yeah. yeah. Does that it's sound, a spectrum, yeah. but you know, we tend to label these good or bad and the spirits will tell us they all just are without labeling them. They're all parts of the human experience and love permeates all of it. They're just mm. farther and farther from the purest vibration of love. So, so if we don't say, Ooh, that's wrong. And we just say, how can I upshift? How can I up, you know, raise the vibration there? Then we're just learning from how uncomfortable those lower vibrations make us feel. Yeah. That makes, that makes perfect sense. It's such a good reminder for us, you know, on a, because uh, I there's triggers everywhere, right? Oh um, yeah, yeah. Um, and, what, and the people you live with yeah. are your greatest teachers because mm. <laughs> they push those triggers. You know, yeah. they push the buttons, and then and and we people try to change other people when really they're just pointing out things in yourself that maybe you might want to look at. I'm constantly doing that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, is, it, is it him or is it me? <laughs> right. And it's, it's us, you know, it's the taking that personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I feel compelled to ask in is, uh, is the current state of our nation. I just am mm-hmm. thinking because, you know, you spend time in the Navy. Um, I don't mean to get into politics, but it's just, it's, I think uh, this, the, how do I explain it? The feeling in, in the United States right now, is a bit tenuous. Is that the word? Um, uh, I don't know. My guy, Sanaya, if you go back to right around the election, right after the election, they did a series of daily messages. So mm-hmm. pick the election day and go back and read those at, at oh. SaniaSpeaks.com. And, and it's just tremendous about what an opportunity this is, no matter what you feel right. for, for raising the vibration. And, and this is why it's earth school. So there's no, there's no sides to be taken here on my part. It's just neutral compassion for everybody. It's for me, it's just uh, a beautiful learning point. I don't get wrapped up in the drama at all because this is life. It just comes and goes and someday it'll be another thing to push our trigger. So if we can find peace within all the turmoil, then we're going to graduate with honors. Ah, what do you mean finding peace in the, in the turmoil? You know, if I sort of go, uh, oh. this could be my left brain sort of like, okay, mm-hmm. let's have an example, right? So you're, you're okay. finding yourself, you know, you're on Twitter, or you're on whatever, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and you're reading these things and you're feeling yourself feeling one emotion or another again, uh-huh. whatever, whatever side, what, what do we do in that situation? Oh. You, ch- you change the channel inside. I have this beautiful tool that I use in my classes. It's a, it's a, piece of paper with all these pictures of roses on it. But when you look at it and go a little cross-eyed out pops this 3d heart made of the same roses. It's a, it's an optical illusion of from two dimension, all of a sudden there's a third dimension there. And I say, that's us at the, the paper is us at two dimension. But if you just have a shift in focus, another whole reality emerges. That's our soul. We're, we're existing at another level of reality right here, right now. And that's where the peace is. So you don't find that peace by changing your thoughts or, or saying, I'm going to love these people no matter what. You simply shift your awareness to the eternal side of you, which is the soul. It's there already. Peace isn't found outside of us in this human world. You just go within to the heart, to the part of you that never changes. The challenge becomes if you haven't yet felt that or experienced that state in meditation or by sitting in the silence, then these words will just make no sense to you. But having sat in that power of the spirit every day now for years and years, I can go to that place instantly, no matter what is happening around me. A car hit us a while back. We're sitting there waiting for the emergency responders and I was in perfect peace because I know where to find it right inside because I know everything is temporary except that peace that passes all understanding. And that's within me and within you. And that's we have to discover that for ourselves. If this speaks to anybody who's listening and you say, I want some of that. Well, then just start by getting quiet and saying, show me how to find that. And know that you're asking your own higher self to show you that. Hmm. And is that, you know, is there a specific kind of meditation that you practice or is it just being, you know, what, 
Well, I call it sitting in the power, the power being nothing like human power, but the power being that love that we're made of, the force. And I have three free meditations on my website, SuzanneGeisman.com. There are free downloads. One is to clear your energy field of lower vibrations, real quick 10-minute transformation. And then a co- other couple guided meditations just to get you to that expanded state of awareness. And then in my workshops, I teach a seven-step method for getting to that place of peace very quickly without distractions. It's not about speed, but it is about being able to find that place anytime, anywhere. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it almost in an, it, it, the word that came to mind is efficient, you know, right? That you're, yeah, well, that yeah. would be my, my background, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. And, and I go there quickly too. But yeah, people tell me I'm very balanced. And so I do appreciate my background um, because living among other humans, uh, it, there are certain things that serve us well. And then there are certain aspects of my background that I've need, that I'm still working on undoing. Hmm. The, the part that needs rules and has shoulds and boy, I'm, that's a, that's a tough one when you're trained. Yes. And you get in trouble if you're not that way, you know? <laughs> yeah. What has that process been like for you to sort of unwind oh. that way of being? Oh. Because the military is, yeah. I don't want to say the extreme, but it is a, it is the right? extreme. Yeah. It's just, just when I think I'm, you know, gotten pretty good at it just two weeks ago was given, shown. I mean, I'll tell you what it was. I was carrying around my skepticism as a badge of honor. Be skeptical about the spirit world and about angels and all those things until somebody gives you evidence. It's good to be open-minded skeptical until a very wise teacher showed me skepticism is of the ego and discernment is of the soul. It was this huge aha moment for me that every time I said that, be open-minded, skeptical, that's my human side speaking, not the spirit. And the second I said, help me to rid that, rid myself of that and shifted to discernment, anything goes, but you know, I still would like to feel in my heart if this is something I should follow. Holy mackerel, did my readings go to a whole other level, uh, just in overnight. Just like that. So constant, constant learning for all of us. We People may say, oh, I'm enlightened or I've awakened and I'm there. I don't think we ever get there. I I love the fact that I wake up every morning and say, ooh, what's going to happen today? Is there more learning? And if I could very quickly, I also always pray. May my lessons be as painless as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny. I think you even sharing this, you know, this, I love this quote, skepticism is of the ego and discernment is of the soul. It's, it's funny. I feel as though maybe uh, my guides or something went through you because I, I have been (laughs) thinking for the last few days, um, you know, when talking about my podcast and talking about this, I often use the term um, skeptical seeker. And mm. the last few days, it has not been sitting right with me. Oh, how about that? Right. And I've been thinking about it a lot. And I was actually going to send a message um, to this wonderful woman who's working with me and helps me on all my social media and everything. And um, I was going to send her an email, say, hey, let's stop using skeptical seeker. That was my term, but let's stop yeah, and say modern yeah. modern seeker instead. So anyway, huh? noted, yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> message heard. Because <laughs> it's true. There, It's almost even if you think about the energy of the word, you feel it. 
skeptical. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. It, as soon as she tuned me into that, I, I could feel this wall go up, yeah. and then I had to break through it. So the second I got rid of it, the wall came down. The very next reading I gave, I, I tell people that I think my guides mess with me because I often – would hear names in a reading and people wouldn't know who these names were. I could get maybe even 20 names. I could get all kinds of facts and data about the spirit accurately, but all these names are flying around. And it was my guides trying to say, you're too much of a perfectionist. We're just going to throw names at you and Mm -hmm. deal with that. And the minute that skepticism came down the very next reading, Oh my God, every name was spot on. It was like, now you get it. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. School, school, very, That's school, very, right? Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us about this energy that you channel, uh, Sanaya, if I'm saying that correctly, mm-hmm. tell us, tell us a bit about, um, who, who yeah. they are, what the message is, how that came about. What, what Ooh, is it? It was my birthday, 2010, August 1st, 2010. I'm sitting in meditation and this presence stepped into my awareness. Very, very powerful. And it was both masculine and feminine. And I said, who are you? And they said, we are a collective consciousness of your guides and you will call us Sanaya. And you will write and write and write as Sanaya. I didn't realize I would also speak and speak and speak as them because every day since then, thousands of their daily messages are on my website. And I have thousands of people that read them every day and just they speak to the heart. They speak of our human challenges and how to to rise above them, how to deal with them. That's why I said they dealt with the election beautifully. Go to Valentine's Day this year, February 14th. Beautiful lesson on how to clear out blockages, which they call thought tumors. Um, I have, I do actually channel them for large audiences around the country and people who are present feel the energy. They see the change come over me as their consciousness blends with mine. We've had spontaneous healings, which is why I continue to do it, even though my left brain wanted very much for me to say, this is crazy. This is too woo-woo. Right. But I can't I can't deny the, the wisdom that comes through them, the fluency with which their messages come, the importance of their message. It's all about love and making our path here easier. That and so I was just recently turned on to it, and I think you put you post them on your the messages on your Facebook page as well. Is that right? As well, yes, yeah, Mm -hmm. which is great. So people can go to your Facebook page and see those. But it is, you know, what's interesting is the I think I have heard um, Abraham Hicks before do some Mm -hmm. do her channeling, and interestingly, almost the the there's something similar in the tone of the way that they talk. It's Uh, funny because. Paul Selig channels. And as I've been reading his books lately, it is almost identical. The energy I can hear Sanaya. I hear that because these are guys that are pretty high up. And I think there's a lot of similarity in the vibration, the level from which they're coming. So it's no surprise. And you can discern truth Mm. when you hear it. Your heart just says, this is truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I felt that when I have seen psychics or mediums in the past and, you know, that word knowing comes up where it's, you leave and I'll say, it's not, I believe them. There was a deep knowing. It was almost a, um, I don't say the word validation, but something comes up where you, yeah, right. I don't know. Maybe you could put it in better words, but there's just a distinct feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it is a feeling and, and 
people will come up to me after sessions and they'll say, I just wanted to cry. Why is that? And I said, that's your soul saying, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here and following that nudge. Our body speaks to us because the soul's speaking through it. And it's just wonderful when we listen. That's when beautiful things happen. If somebody were to uh, contact a medium, whether it be you or somebody nearby them, um, what would you recommend in terms of how to, again, this is my left brain, like how to get the best out of it? I don't mean to sound so formulaic, but... First, I would recommend asking for recommendations rather than just picking one off the internet. Get get, read. Read testimonials and feel them in your heart. How does that feel? Or be referred by somebody. There are all different levels, and not everybody needs the evidence. But I know that going into the reading with my husband when we went to see if Susan still existed, I needed evidence. I would not have been happy if they just gave me generic messages. Mm -hmm. And the things she told us really changed my life. Mm -hmm. And so um, be discerning and because I have people write to me and say, hey, I went to a medium and one lady wrote, she was all unicorns and rainbows. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> and that's, those things are beautiful. But um, some people, they really want that assurance. And if you have a medium who's willing to stretch themselves and really ask for the evidence from the other side, those who have passed are more than happy to give us things that will knock our socks off. The evidence is mind blowing. So, yeah. so when you're after you have found this person, is there anything in terms of you know prayer before you go in to meet them, or asking specific questions, or the most important thing is having an energetic field that's open. It's a three way connection between the medium, those on the other side, and you. The sitter is what we call the client, mm-hmm. and so if somebody comes to me and their arms and legs are crossed. I ask them to actually sit straight up with their feet flat on the floor because their openness is expressed through the body. So be open in all regards with your body, with your heart. Think loving thoughts to raise your own vibration because your vibration adds to the whole session. Mm. And then really listen to what they're saying and try not to get locked into the one thing you want to hear because those in the spirit world don't always play the code name game. (laughs) They get through what they can and every medium is going to get different pieces of the puzzle. That's very important to know. So what I look for is my idea of a successful reading, no matter who the medium is, is do you leave there knowing they connected with my loved one. Mm, yeah, that's a great, that's a great way of, of thinking about it. Are there, so in saying that every medium is going to get different pieces of the puzzle, then yes. do you recommend that you see different mediums for that or, you know? Oh, if you, if you can, if yeah. you, uh, if you, it's, it's actually quite fun to go to mediums when they, when they get the really good evidence, it's, fascinating and it's fun, but we don't want to become crazy about this because you are, you know, you're, you're also relying on those on the other side to say, okay, enough already. I showed you I'm here. Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But maybe two or three readings would be wonderful. Yeah. And I think what you teach also is that we can connect on our own. 
That's the key. Yes. But, 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 you know, not as satisfying as sitting with a medium who does a dedicated session with your loved one. Mm -hmm. My Susan comes to me every so often. I know she helps me in my readings, but a real, oh my gosh, here's Susan. What do you have to say? Visit is not happening every day just because I'm a medium. Huh. Okay. That's good to know. She, She has her own work on the other side. And so, uh, when she does pop in, I actually ask my own stepdaughter for evidence. I'll say to her, tell me something going on with your mom or with, you know, her biological mom or with your dad. So I can validate to them, this is really you. And it's so much fun when she tells me these things and we find out they're right. Oh, wow. You know, I've seen also when I've done readings would always, you know, th- there'll be times where they'll tell me something and it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And then sure enough, a year yeah. later, three months later, three years later, you know, I'll think back, oh my gosh, that now that's happening. I yeah. have no or idea. They tell you things that haven't happened yet. That's what I mean. A, yes. Sitting with a woman last week, her son on the other side drew me to her glasses. I'm looking at her glasses and I said, he's talking about new glasses, but I don't think those are new. She said, no, they're not. So a couple minutes later, he's drawing my attention to them again. And then I got it. I said, he says, you're getting new glasses because those are going to break soon. I said, no fair sitting on them or stepping on them. Right. And she, she looked at me like I was a little crazy. She emailed me the next morning, Susanna. She said, I reached for my glasses. The frame was broken. The lens fell out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's that bigger, that's that higher perspective. Somehow, I don't know. Did he have microscopic vision? Could see this crack in the, in the frame? I don't know, but that kind of thing happens all the time. And it's, Oh, or the one, oh, here, you asked about reincarnation. This yeah. is a great one. Uh, well, I did a reading for a woman who whose little baby came through, and I was shown that the baby passed from SIDS, mm-hmm. sudden end of death syndrome. And it was tragic, of course, for mom, but the baby showed me this symbol that I interpreted as coming back to her, reincarnating. The baby said clearly, I had a pact. I am supposed to grow up with, with you and Dad, I'm supposed to be yours and I'm coming back to you. And I said, in, in that reading, I got crampy feeling in my abdomen. I pointed at the woman. I said, I have this, this cramps. It's you. I'm being told you have an issue and you're going on in your abdomen. She said, no, I'm not having any problems at all. I said, hmm, just remember I said it mm-hmm. the very next morning. She emailed me. She said, Suzanne, I just took a pregnancy test. <gasps> pregnant. Wow. The chills. Yeah. Now there's no proof there, but to me, knowing that she'd lost a baby that had died from SIDS and Mm. getting the symptoms of her with the abdominal issue pregnancy, and I'm coming back to you because we're supposed to have this. Oh, the baby said I had a physical defect that would have caused much more grief later on had I lived longer. So I'm coming back again. You see, that's the greater meaning in things, things that we see as a tragedy. Who knows what they might have had to go through? We don't always know. And so we can just sometimes just trust that all is in perfect order, even when it seems like the worst possible thing we can imagine. You know, I, you talked about this earlier, this idea of a bigger picture. When you say that, the metaphor that comes to me is, <clears throat> is when, you know, if you're sitting by a river um, and then you go up 30,000 feet and you didn't see that that river was an estuary into a huge ocean, right? Like just to show perspective that all Mm -hmm. you can see is Mm -hmm. this. And if you only were able to see the whole thing, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine a fly that's walking around on your leg. What, what world is he aware of? Right. You know? And then who are we? Where are we? What are we part of? Oh, my gosh. And we think that we're the be all and end all of existence. And it's just, no, if we can just learn our lessons here, do the best we can, we'll find out more when we pass from this life. But it's tremendous what we're part of. Well, what a gift that you bring to people uh, in in sharing this wisdom, both through Sanaya, um, which I'm so excited to follow daily mm-hmm. now, I'm going to, and Thank also you. through your Thank mediumship you. readings and the trainings that you do to help people. Um, if yeah. if people want to find out more, I know you've written how many books now? Uh, 11. Oh, I'm my, the 12th God. One now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. We need to do yeah. a whole separate interview on how you write so many books. But um, <laughs> so if people want to find out more about you, where where can they find that? Well, my website is SuzanneGeesman.com, but if you can't spell that, I make it easy. The same place is is arrived at by LoveAtTheCenter.com, mm. spelled out everywhere, LoveAtTheCenter.com. And I want to tell folks about this wonderful little ebook that you can get for free on right on the homepage there. It's called Awakening, and in it I share this incredible download from Sanaya about what life on the other side is like. Mm. Because I was so skeptical for years, I wasn't believing what they were telling me until at one point they finally said, start writing, and I got this hour-long download that just, uh, well, you can feel it in the energy when you read it. It, it's, it speaks straight to the heart from that awakening book. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm going to go get that right when we Good. get off the phone. So that <laughs> sounds awesome. Thank you, Suzanne, so much. Yes. Really, really enjoyed having you here. And I, uh, I want to share one other thing, if I could. Please. In my new journey of Remembrance, I'll send you a copy, Susanna. It's yeah. a CD that's on iTunes and Amazon and on my website. It's spontaneously channeled from Sanaya, the second track, Journey of Remembrance. It will take you home, our mm. true home. It just, the, the music play, composed spontaneously by a beautiful uh, composer, Richard Schulman, who channels his music, combined with Sanaya's spontaneous download, is this journey back to the soul I listen to it before my readings now just to get me into that place hmm. of remembrance. So I'm, I'm going to make enough to send you a copy. Oh, <laughs> that would be amazing. Thank you, Suzanne. Yeah. Oh, I look forward to that because I'm sort of a um, resistant meditator. It's something I need to work on. Oh, so. well, this is actually, I don't call it a meditation. The third track is a meditation. This one I call it more of an inspiration because I yeah. actually listen to track two in my car when I'm huh. walking. Yeah. It's, it's cool. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, I look forward to that. Thank you, Suzanne. Um, all right, great. Well, we look forward to following you and, and reading out, reading more and experience it. And thank you again for the gift you bring to the world. Thank you so much. I'd love to share in spirit with anybody who's open to listening. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as I did and would love to continue the conversation. So please feel free to reach out on our Facebook page, which is Susanna Scully, S-U-Z-A-N-N-A-H-S-C-U-L-L-Y. You can find us at the same Twitter handle, Susanna Scully, and also over at Instagram. And our website is SusannaScully.com. So keep it pretty simple there. Thank you all for listening in and look forward to chatting with you next time.